Hi everyone, and welcome to the 204th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hi guys. How's it going? I'm very tired. <laughs> yeah. It's been, it's been hot. Uh, we had our uh, Key Bears Alliance digital gathering because we couldn't oh, have... Oh, cool. Since we couldn't have a physical gathering yeah. this year, we had a digital one where we uh, hopped on a Discord video chat. Then we streamed that to Twitch. Uh, we had two guests. We had Justin Cowden again, who was the voice of uh, Kaner in Kingdom Hearts 2. And then for the mm-hmm. first time, we had Ben Diskin, the voice of awesome. John Zaynor. And it, for the first, you know, for our first time doing something digital, it turned out rather well. You know, we had about like 50 people watching us on average. Um, people were engaged in the chat. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it went off like we were worried things weren't going to. And well, because like, because yeah. we always over, we tend to overthink things. So yeah, yeah. But yeah. in the end, everything was fine. Uh, That's awesome. It, it went well. Yeah. Uh, so you're feeling tired. I am in very rare case. I'm actually feeling well rested for once. Oh, it's lucky. Been a, well, <laughs> it's been well, a I, long time for me. Well, I went to bed around like two in the morning playing. Like, I I just yeah. bought another Xbox One X. Oh jeez. Okay. And so I've been playing like uh, I've been do- I've been downloading games from Game Pass. Awesome. So like I didn't realize Dragon Quest 11 S. Yeah. Game Pass. It's on Game Pass. Highly so recommended. I've been, so I've been playing that. <laughs> oh sweet. How how far did you get so far? I didn't get that very far because I've been alternating between that and uh, Fallout, and there is a couple other games I was playing that I downloaded okay. from Game Pass. So I've been like alternating. Yeah, uh, if, if we haven't been Xbox Game Pass shills enough, I'm just going to tell you guys that uh, uh, Square Enix's probably best games they've released this generation are all on Game Pass for, I, I mean, I say for free, in reality it's the price of <laughs> Game Pass, but it's just on, th- they're just on there. You know, well, no, matter, no matter what you like, you got Final Fantasy 15, you got Kingdom Hearts 3, you got Nier Automata, you got Dragon Quest 11. In my opinion, those are Square Enix Japan's best games of this generation. They're awesome, and they're just there. Not only that, you also got 1.5, 2.5, and 2.8 from Kingdom yep, Hearts. All so those, basically, you have all the Kingdom, all Hearts, Kingdom Hearts games minus Remind. Yeah, so you'd have to buy Remind, but at that point, like, what's 30 bucks? And not only that, um, Final Fantasy XV is the Royal Edition, so you have yep. all the DLC in it. All DLC. That's actually why I uh, downloaded it, was that I'd never, uh, I never... I played all the DLC except for Episode Arden, and then just, you know, out of curiosity, I downloaded it to see if Arden was in there, and it was, and I just... Hopped in there, played episode Arden, and that was it. I deleted it off my Xbox because, I mean, I already have it on my PS4, so I don't need it another time on my Xbox. But, yeah, that was great. I played Nier Automata. Awesome. Love that game. I I unfortunately have already played Dragon Quest uh, 11s. I wish I had waited slightly so I could play it on the Xbox One X. Because I'm sure it looks so much better than it did on my Switch, but whatever. Great Not only game. that, it's only uh, well, Microsoft released uh, what they call the Ultimate Bundle, where you get uh, Game Pass and Xbox Live yeah. Gold for like fifteen bucks a month. Wow! So you you get both, so it's you know, so it's definitely worth it. In the first month, it's only a dollar too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and just a slight addition to that, Yakuza 0 Kiwami, which is the remake of 1. So, basically, Yakuza 0, 1, and 2, uh, and both 1 and 2 are the remake sexy versions, are all on Game Pass as well. So, basically, most of the games I shill on on this show (laughs) that aren't Kingdom Hearts, uh, most of them are on there. So, you can just get Game Pass and play those. I mean, apart from Xenoblade, but that's a Nintendo thing, so whatever. Yep. So, so yeah, I, game, game Pass is dope. A lot of people were uh, were asking, "Why'd you buy a One X?" And it's like you should have just waited for the uh, Series X. I was like, "Yeah, I know, but I already have I already have my PS5 pre ordered." Yeah, yeah. So you know, the Series X is gonna have to wait. You know, at and least for at least for me. And uh, well, we'll we'll talk about it later because uh, we're gonna have a question kind of related to this stuff. But uh, 
you know, I, I think Xbox One X makes a lot of sense even now. I, I think Series X will have its time, but you can't think of the Xbox in the same way we think about the PlayStation. It's just not that kind of console anymore. Game Pass and backwards compatibility makes such a big difference about what that product is now. You just you can't treat it like a normal game console anymore. You you can't think about it through that lens. And I totally agree with you, Churro. I have my I I have an Xbox One X. I, I currently don't see a reason to upgrade that anytime soon. So yeah, because uh, it plays it plays all the PS you know Xbox One games fine. And then, yep. like you said, it's got the backwards compatibility. And it's got Game Pass, so it's like exactly you know it's like when you're when you're ready to upgrade, you still be there. Exactly. And uh yeah, well speaking of pre-orders, I am uh I'm currently experiencing a pre-order uh nightmare uh but not related to uh, a game console. I am currently in the market for a new graphics card and uh <laughs> Nvidia just released their new RTX 3080. Now, I'm not in the market for an RTX 3080 uh but I did peruse all the stores selling rtx 3080s just to see what i'm going to be in store for when uh later this week the rtx 3090 releases where that is the actual car that i'm going for now some of you in the know out there might be like but brandon the rtx 3090 is uh, a much worse deal than the 3080 the 3080 is a great deal you know uh, maybe it doesn't have as much VRAM as the 3090, but didn't you see the leaks? All the leaked uh, benchmarks? The 3090 costs almost double what the 3080 costs, but it's only a 20% improvement, says, you know, average gamer on the internet. And then I tell you, I understand that, but I don't have those needs. I have needs far beyond the typical video games because I'm a, a 3D artist. And apart from playing video games, I actually do this for my future career. And I actually do need a lot more. And I'll just say from experience, working in Unreal Engine recently on my old uh, GTX 1080, I've had several uh, crashes. And you know what they say in my crash, crash log? Lack of VRAM. And my GTX 1080 has 8 gigs of VRAM, and you know how much 3080 has? It's only 10. I'm not going to buy a new graphics card and only upgrade 2 gigabytes of video RAM when I could have 24. So, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. And uh, for a lot of people, when they were, like, trying to buy an RTX 3080, so you know how on the websites now, uh, so no one was allowed to pre-order these cards. That's your first bad sign. Uh, next bad sign, they had these little buttons on their websites that were like a notify me button as opposed to a uh, pre-order button. So you click the notify me button, put in your email and, you know, do that. So at the time, at right before the time that this thing was supposed to go live, people are refreshing, refreshing, refreshing. And then right as the, the minute clicks over, you know, just one second over, and then people refresh right at the time that it's supposed to go live, you would normally expect to be greeted by a button that says add to cart. You know, that's typical website user interface. Uh, A lot of people experience this instead. They see the, you know, the uh, notify me button. They then, uh, they then click the uh, refresh at the exact time that they're supposed to, and instead of saying notify me, it now says out of stock. Wow. So it it went from notify me to re- they refresh and then instantly out of stock. And then you find out on the on uh on Twitter all these jokers laughing. Thank you at bounce alerts for your bot that allowed me to buy 70 RTX 3080s instantly like i'm gonna make so much money selling this rtx 3080 now on ebay for like two thousand dollars even though it's a seven hundred dollar card 
So yeah, that that happened for the 3080. I'm hoping that'll be less of an issue for the 3090. I don't expect it not to be an issue, but I hope because the 3090 is just that much more expensive that most people won't want it. Um, I also expect that uh, I'm going to try my best to order it from America because it's a lot cheaper. It's like 1500 bucks in America and like 2300 in Japan. But I may be forced to buy it in Japan because I, it may literally just not be available in America <laughs> for me to buy. So good luck to me on that day when I need to buy that graphics card because I actually need it. I, I need it so I can render stuff over my portfolio. I'm not just using it because I'm not just trying to buy it so I can play a game at a slightly better resolution. I'm using it because I need it because my graphics card is too old now and uh, I need ray tracing in my final renders, so uh, GTX 1080 is just not cutting it anymore. It's and literally crashing and ha- having me lose uh, progress because it crashed and I lost stuff that I I changed. So yeah, wish me luck, everybody. Anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union, and is presented by. The Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes Store, Spotify, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, and Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at Cage Union. We have a two-segment show today. We have a news segment, and we have a question segment. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like the show, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Nahika Blaui, Alex and Rachel Troutman, who are at Akira Name Jin, Guide Seeker, Billy Jackson, who's at underscore Billy Jackson, Chris Morales, Miles Ribbons, Michael Graham, David Calro, Barry Norton, who's at Nortron Zero, Chris Pope, who's at Dr. Pope181, Thorin Bullen, who's at Massacre23, Yannick Nod, who's at Yannick Nod, Tori Patrick, Freya Stella. Oh, and Jero, we take these last ones. We got Fayez Bayali, Flipsood Nuss, Lewis James, Tom Hughes, who's at Tom underscore Hughes 22, Zach Duranto, Yam Potato exclamation point, Rachel Casterton, Uben Yun Ray, Zelda Clone Apes Type Novels, Darren Matthews, who's at Doomster 73, Joseph Robertson, who's at Pokemon Trainer J. And be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. And as always, just to remind you, Game Arts 3 Remind spoilers are fair game. All right, moving on to the news. So, Churro, it happens every time recently. Yep. It's been happening. We, we release a podcast, and then just like right after the podcast comes out, there's news that we really wish we could have talked about on the podcast. So now we got to play bat, uh, cleanup batting on the next episode, and that's this. It, it, I, I will it, just, it just, I, it just dropped all randomly at once. It was like randomly was all at, at once. I think I was at work when that was going down too, and I was just like, oh my god. Yeah. I, I will just say preemptively. Just as a preemptive warning for the people listening to the podcast currently, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Tokyo Game Show will happen later this week. That you know, I'm speaking from the perspective of someone that is in the, in the current release week of the podcast. TGS will happen later this week. There will be at least a live stream where. Uh, Yoko Shimomura and Tetsuya Nomura will be involved so there's a very strong chance that this is happening again around Tokyo Game Show so just to sort of preempt that I'll, I'll just point anybody listening to the podcast right now to you know check out the Tokyo Game Show stuff when that goes live I think it'll be a couple of days after the podcast ends up releasing so Check that out when it happens. Sorry we can't cover it until next episode. We don't have a time machine. Anyway, moving on from there. So as we were talking about, you know, a lot of news came out. There's a lot of interviews going down. So uh, I got basically two sources from the interviews that I felt were the, uh, that basically covered all the bases. The first one comes from a uh, publication called Nintendo Enthusiast, 
And in their Nomura interview, uh, they got this little tidbit that Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory is going to be, is the last Kingdom Hearts game planned for the Nintendo Switch. At least currently planned. Uh, The porting of existing Kingdom Hearts games was explored, but deemed too difficult. That's sad. Yep, the, the the only one everybody's been wanting is a game on a Kingdom Hearts uh, Kingdom Hearts game on the Switch is what everybody's been clamoring. But this is what they, they get. This is what they get, and they didn't realize this was going to be the last one too. Yeah, that's too bad. I mean, I I think it's possible. Th- I don't think there's any technical reason that Kingdom Hearts One Final Mix couldn't happen for the Switch. I don't even think any of the games within the 1.5 and 2.5 collection, I don't think there's even one game in there that would prove to be a problem for the Nintendo Switch. Do I think it's going to run at uh, 4K60 like a lot of the games do on the PS4 Pro? No, I don't think that. I don't even think they would run at 1080p solidly. But could they run at all? Maybe 720p 60? Maybe even 720p 30 if it needed to happen? Yeah, I think that could be completely possible. What I don't think is... What I think they're getting at here is more in the vein of... It's probably more trouble than it's worth to them, money-wise. It probably would require more money than it would be value to them, profit-wise. So that's why they're just not going to do it. And not like that. You or know, they just like, wouldn't make enough profit. Not like that. Then you just, then tomorrow's going to have to hear from the community like, oh, another re release on another console. Yeah. Why, why aren't you working on the next one? Even though No More has already said that numerous times that the team's already working on the next one. Exactly. And I, 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 I will just point out that it seems like most of the ports that we've gotten have been done by the main Kingdom Hearts team. Now, I don't know if there's any kind of like contractual obligations that prevent third-party studios from helping on this, but assuming that only the Kingdom Hearts team is allowed to work on these for for whatever reason, uh that would be bad cuz yeah, exactly like you're saying, Chiro, like people want new stuff, people want the series to keep going. And why are they working on this old stuff for a cash grab when they could just keep going and just make new stuff? And that seems to be the direction that uh, Namor is taking, because uh, if we look on to the next uh, magazine that had a big interview with uh, uh, Namora, it was Famitsu. And they talk a lot about that stuff. Of course, it's Famitsu. But they get, like they the get only, all the good stuff. Yeah, they 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 get the most interviews. They get they get to ask more of the harder, you know, questions, and it's a, it's expected. It's Famitsu. <laughs> exactly. Like pretty much like other than like press releases, this is where we get the real juicy stuff out of uh, out of Kingdom Hearts. So uh, yeah, so real quick, uh, some interesting stats about uh, Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory. So Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory will feature 47 worlds, 140 songs, 33 boss arenas, there will be no secret ending, and no DLC planned for it. So this is, as far as we can tell, Churro, this is a one-time release, this is a one-and-done, and it's over. And uh, not just one and done, but it's 10 and done. 10 hours to be specific. Uh, According to them, according to their testing, this game is about 10 hours to complete. Now that is to say, that is 10 hours to complete the game in totality. Which, I'm just going to say, Churro, to be honest, this feels to me like story content-wise, if it takes 10 hours to do the whole thing... And we've got 47 worlds, 140 songs, 33 boss arenas. That doesn't feel like there's that much space left over for story. This, to me, just feels like another Kingdom Hearts Remind. Kingdom Hearts Remind Part 2. It's like a Kingdom Hearts Light, pretty much. 
Yeah, I, I I would say like this this to me feels like DLC <laughs> more than anything. Which um, I mean, look, I, I'm I'm a Kingdom Hearts fan, and we we cover this on the podcast, so I'm gonna end up playing it no matter what. But if if I wasn't involved in the podcast, I I don't think this description. And the price tag of sixty dollars would be enough for me to really warrant a, I mean, ten ten hours of gameplay. Sure, if I'm if I know I really like the gameplay, and maybe I would, but man, for only like you can't imagine. Okay, let's say there's like three hours of of story. That's about how much I got out of Remind, and Remind was half the price of this. So yeah, I I, I struggle. With the value proposition being presented here, but that that'll be up to the consumers and the reviewers to decide on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, but speaking towards uh, interesting value proposition and the Switch, turns out the Switch version will have an exclusive feature. It will have the only local multiplayer out of any of the releases of uh melody of memory so if you uh want to play uh local multiplayer uh that that would be the way to do it it looks like one of the options that could be neat is uh there's a co-op mode where you can play alongside riku at least that was shown in the last trailer so yeah. uh yeah if if you wanted Hopefully to get more information about that yeah it's a little bit unclear i know that so there's a co-op mode with riku where I guess you're both doing uh, parts of the song. And then there's also a, a score attack mode where you're like, you're, you can do this online and uh, you'll be connected with someone out there and seeing who can get the higher score in the song, pretty much. So that, that, that'll be interesting to see. I, I could see myself doing some local multiplayer, but I, I don't know... I mean, it would depend on how much I like the, uh, you know, the thing overall. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see when we finally get it. And uh, yeah, so speaking more towards the interesting stuff, you know, the hard hitting questions as we were talking about. So as for the future of the series, as for the future of Kingdom Hearts, Nomura said that he's currently looking forward to the franchise's 20th anniversary in 2022. So that to me sounds like I don't want to get anybody's hopes up, but that to me feels more along the lines of I'll tell you about where the series is going in 2022. Maybe big announcements in that year. But prior to that, maybe there might be some other stuff, but in terms of like big stuff, uh, namely something with a number four in it. Maybe 2022 for that? Could be. How you feeling, Churro, about this thing? What What do you think we're... What do you think we can expect between... So I have two questions. What do you think can we... What do you think we can expect between now and the 20th anniversary? And what do you think we'll be getting at the 20th anniversary based on this description? Well, according to Mara's comment, he said, uh, what was it? Let me, let me find that direct quote. Uh, it wasn't quote, yeah. but like an excerpt from the Famitsu interview. Yeah, no worries. I'll, I will just point out, uh, uh, since this is a bigger question, uh, the uh, next point that I had on here is that uh, the Kingdom Hearts staff is already working on something new. He didn't say what. But they are working on something new. And Nomura is already planning things for the next Kingdom Hearts. But he, going off of that, that's, yeah. that's the one thing I was looking for. And he added, they'll be amazing. Like, yeah. Remember, our us our definition of amazing and Nomura's definition of amazing are two different things. Yeah. So he, you know, for 20 years of Kingdom Hearts, you know, it's like he's got to blow our minds. Like, yeah. Like he's got to have the morals, the man of like, Oh, he always has to have like a Trump card. 
in his in his up his sleeve. You know, he's did it before with rechain of memories. He's done it with you know two point eight. You know, re, you know, not just you know just throwing Dreadnought distance by itself. You know, he gave us zero point two and back cover. Then he gave us remind with everything, and so it's now it's like, what can he possibly do to have him say that, that it's going to be amazing? Yeah, like that's a that's a big question. I will also say that even if somebody doesn't believe that it it is as big as he says, there is evidence for why this is the case. And that evidence is Kingdom Hearts 3's sales and how amazing it's sold. This is the biggest selling Kingdom Hearts game in history, and it's the very last one. It's the one they spent a ton of money on. It's the one that forced them to go to a different engine. It's a situation where they spent a lot of money and they made a lot of money. They took a big risk on Kingdom Hearts 3. You know, it was the first big console game for the Kingdom Hearts series in a long time, and they were rewarded from that. And I think because of that, because they had that interaction, that feels like what is happening again is they're ramping up for the next big risky adventure for Kingdom Hearts as a series to blow it up even further, I suppose, and uh, bring it to the future, whatever that means. I'm assuming a console game will be the center of it, uh, you know, the the uh, Roman numerals for Kingdom Hearts Four did show up in a in the Kingdom Hearts Three Ultimania, so you know it's not off the cards. Do you want to do you want to take it a shot in the dark about what what other things that he could announce? You know, besides yeah. Kingdom Hearts Four. So if I had to guess, um. That's probably what he's hinting at here with, you know, he said that the Kingdom Hearts main team, uh, so he said that the Kingdom Hearts main team was able to assist on Melody of Memory, uh, since, you know, uh, you know, they're done with Kingdom Hearts 3. They were able to help out a little bit with Melody of Memory, but then he also went on to say that they're already working on something new. I don't know necessarily if that means that they're already working on the quote-unquote kingdom hearts 4 they could be or some of them might be but they could also be working on some other things and i personally wouldn't be surprised if we might get another smaller title next year or another smaller release um what if uh what if it's a kingdom hearts remake as a as yeah. a way to kind of like buy him some time that could be a really nice uh, thing to do. I would say another uh, thing. So uh, I've got a few ideas, and Kingdom Hearts Remake is on that list. My other idea, and this is much lower ball, but uh, my low ball guess is going to be a next-gen re-release of Kingdom Hearts 3 with Remind included as a sort of Kingdom Hearts 3 final mix let's say for ps5 and xbox series x slash s so that that to me feels reasonable um what feels you know a a higher bet would be like you said kingdom hearts uh one remake i would hope they were they were already working on it if that was the case because a kingdom hearts one remake could depending on how big of a project it is could take a long time but uh yeah kingdom hearts one remake would be awesome um uh, a crazy bet that could be pretty interesting that i thought about recently is what if the fabled re-release of kingdom hearts 3 on future generation consoles what if they use that as an opportunity to port kingdom hearts 3 to unreal engine 5 now that sounds crazy but you have to remember, Unreal Engine 5, not that different from Unreal Engine 4. For the most part, it's really just adding new features to Unreal Engine 4. That's what Unreal Engine 5 is. They're just calling it Unreal Engine 5. But if they used another project, whether it's Kingdom Hearts 3 or a remake, to be like the first project that is you know, the first Kingdom Hearts thing in Unreal Engine 5, if they use that as an opportunity to get all their assets, their current assets and all their current code base up to Unreal Engine 5 
and sold that for money, that would help. That would be a benefit to Kingdom Hearts 4 because Kingdom Hearts 4 most likely will probably uh, be running on Unreal Engine 5, you know, by the time that thing comes out. So if they used a different game's budget to fund the porting of all their tech over to UE5, and then they save all the budget for Kingdom Hearts 4 for just Kingdom Hearts 4, sounds pretty dope to me. So those are just some ideas that uh, of things that could be neat between now and 2022. Um, do you have any other ideas, Churro, of things between now and then before Kingdom Hearts 4? I I, always, I honestly think that Melody Memory was probably the the first half of some you know of them working on something that I think like you said um, it's probably going to be just an, either another new title to kind of bridge help bridge the gap a little bit more because yeah the more I did say that there won't be a lot of new scenes in Melody Memory just a yeah. bit and it's mainly focusing on Kyrie's you know backstory yeah and then then you know of course with the trailer that we've seen we we will get some little bit of more extra mystery you know regards of like you know new content yeah exactly for the future so it's like i think that he will probably do another game to bridge the gap again for them to um buy them some time until the 20th anniversary because it's like you know Namar knows how big you know the anniversary is with kingdom hearts so you know he he always need he always finds need the need to like do something big for it on, on a big anniversary year exactly so uh i mean there is uh you know we were talking before about uh, remind um there are some uh story possibilities that relate to remind you know we're talking uh what's riku up to what's uh the birth by sleep trio what are they up to they're they're clearly going off on a on their own event adventure as well then you have mickey donald goofy yep mickey donald and goofy there's a what if, uh, what if th- there's options what if what if uh, it doesn't have to be video game related too? Remember, there's that rumored Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, TV show. TV show. So, what if he means by that too? What if he that could he's be hinting a big towards possibility? Some, yeah, the, I mean, Kingdom Hearts could be adapted to so much more media. You know, they already got mangas, they got novels. You know, so it's like it maybe it's not. You know, another game could be yeah media. I hope it, whatever it is, it is, as he says, amazing and not, because I don't know, I I just, when I hear adaptation or I hear TV, I think adaptation and when I think adaptation, I, something in my soul just gets scared, especially with Kingdom Hearts, because it's one of those series that the people that would be doing the adaptation, I would be in great fear that they don't understand Kingdom Hearts because I feel like the world as our, our 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 world as a whole doesn't understand Kingdom Hearts and most people don't understand Kingdom Hearts and and at the very least don't understand what makes it so good. I'll point back to the interview that I had with Seth Kearsley when he talked about the guy that worked before him on the Kingdom Hearts animated series pilot. And he basically described saying that, oh yeah, his pilot, it just felt like a an episode of the Aladdin animated series, but Sora was just kind of there. And he was just there to comment on the adventure that Aladdin was having. It's almost and, like Frozen's world in general. Yeah, a little bit. And, but in his yeah, in his case, he was like, you know, I had to actually go sit down. I actually sat down, played the game. Figured out was what was so fun about it that like oh there's this much bigger story here like this isn't a story about the Disney World so much as it is this is Sora uh, Sora's story and and is about him finding his friends now that's 2002 where that was only one game that he had to play through welcome to you know today we're 2020 now. There's a lot of stuff to sift through. I seriously doubt a lot of these studios that would be involved in making stuff that they've seen everything Kingdom Hearts. So I fear. I really do. But uh, yeah, we'll 
we'll have to see when that uh that stuff s- starts to come to light. I think Churro, do you think it's safe to say that Melody of Memory is pretty much it for this year? Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. Considering uh, that it's coming out at like the second to last month of the year. Yeah, I, I personally don't expect anything. The only thing I could guess is I know he said there's no secret ending, but maybe the ending will give us a you know a subtle hint as to what we can expect. And only and, that, he's given us, you know, a soundtrack, he's given us yeah. you know, Dark Road. So basically he's given us a lot of things this year. Exactly. So yeah. All right, so that pretty much wraps up the news for this episode. Moving on to our question segment. Our first question comes from Scott Bechdel, and he's, he asks, uh, so he says, uh, Dear KH Union crew, uh, Brandon, please try to do an angry voice. Okay, you got it. <clears throat> what is the deal with Goofy at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3? Mickey reunites with Minnie and Pluto, Donald, and da- uh, Donald with Daisy, but Goofy gets no love. Max doesn't show up to see his dad, no Clarabelle the cow, or Sylvia Mar- Marpole from the Extremely Goofy movie. No, he just stands there and watches everyone else be happy. Couldn't he get a happy ending too? Sora even went back in time to save Kyrie. Couldn't he have also helped his best bud out and bring back his dead wife? Where's the justice for Goofy? And angry voice. Okay, you got it. No, but really, guys, did you think the ending was weird and awkward during the scene with uh, d- during the scene in Kingdom Hearts three as Goofy is just kind of standing there alone? Did you think there was? Do you think this was done for continuity's sake and was never uh, as we have never seen any of Goofy's loved ones before in the other games, or was it a Disney thing? of what access they have to what characters, or do you secretly think Goof, uh, Nomura hates Goofy as he tried to kill him in Kingdom Hearts 2? Anyway, keep up the great work, uh, and, uh, keep up the great episodes, and stay safe. P.S. Power line as a summon for Kingdom Hearts 4. Scott. Oh, uh, wow. That's... That's a, that's a big rant there. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't think Goofy seems to mind. I mean, if they just beat, you know, the biggest threat to all the worlds, yeah, you know, and a lot, and a, you know, that they can ever think of, and you know, why not celebrate it? You know, Goofy, Goofy wasn't just like standing in a corner crying because there's nobody there. He was, he was excited. He was happy. He was home. You know, with yeah. his friends. You know, he's perfectly fine. And uh, in regards to a uh, Namara hating Goofy, it's like. You know, we all know Nomura did that to create a bit, a bit of uh, tension, not tension, but like give Sora fuel to yeah. want to go down there and help his friends. You know, like it's kind of like what Zaynor did with Kyrie. It's like yeah. he did it on he did it so that it would bring Sora motivation to do what he does. It was also so, an excuse to sort of separate Sora from Donald and Goofy so he could fight alongside the Final Fantasy characters for a little bit. Yeah, it's pretty much it. But like, no, I don't believe that. Goofy was just like crying because he had nobody there. It's just, yeah. you know, not only that, you kind of have to create those characters. You kind of have, if they have any speaking roles, then you got to do voices and you got to pay the mm-hmm. actors. You got to pay the, you know, I think it's just more likely the one thing, because normally Goofy's character is like usually bit on his own anyway. So it's like, I guess yeah. you just want to keep that trend going. So it's like, that's why he didn't do anything for Goofy, but, you know, Goofy isn't truly alone. He's got his friends. He's got Mickey. He's got Donald. He's got, you know, their loved ones. He's got Yen Sid and Jim and Dale. Yeah. You know, plus, there's fireworks going, there's fireworks blowing up in, up in the sky. Yeah. Why would you, why would you be thinking about that when you just beat Master Xehanort, you know, you close down Kingdom Hearts and he's fireworks exploding over Disney Castle? Why, what is it to be sad about? Yeah. <laughs> I guess, this does kind of touch on a uh, different issue related to Goofy, but not not just Goofy, but also Donald. Um, basically, any Disney character that's not Mickey, where they just don't get that much character development. They're just kind of 
you know, flat in terms of the time, the type of characters they are. Apart from in Kingdom Hearts 1, where, you know, they were a lot more involved and had much more to do with the storyline and the progression. They were involved with Sora, you know, leaving to go off to other worlds. Like, that part of it was important. And they keep pushing Donald and Goofy to be involved in the party. But in terms of their own goals and their own, you know feelings and their own character in and of themselves there's really not much given to them and i wonder if you know you, you know the the scott here mentions you know the goofy movie uh, and i really appreciate the goofy movie and the way that it does uh give goofy more of a a character and a really good one i really loved goofy's characterization and, you know, showing his family life and all that. That was pretty neat. And I don't know if Donald ever had anything like that in any official Disney media, but it could be kind of nice to give Donald and Goofy kind of a reason to still be in the main crew. Because to be honest, these days it just feels like they're kind of just struggling to keep up in the main storyline. I mean, uh, at the end of, uh, kingdom hearts three, we got Donald with the Zeta flare. That was pretty cool, but that basically killed him <laughs> much in the way goofy got knocked out by the boulder. That was Donald's version. I, I mean, it, it clearly shows Donald knows more. There's more to Donald than what we see on screen, but it might be nice if there could be more, uh, delving into, you know, those aspects like what does it take to be a royal knight in the disney uh in, in the disney castle you know what about magicians that uh are in disney castle like how you know what kind of training did he do and you know all that stuff uh another really great insight we got into that was in a uh, dream drop distance in the uh in the three musketeers world like that was a really good opportunity to see a past version of mickey donald and goofy assuming that's you know canon to the mickey donald and goofy that we know you know we got to see what they were like in that time potentially before mickey had his keyblade it's pretty neat to see so i wonder if we could get more of that uh yeah uh churro if you could take this uh next question all right, this is from Dream Lanzer, and they write, Now that all the price prices and release dates and SKUs have been revealed for the next-gen consoles, how do you feel about the PS5 and Xbox Series X, S, X or S? Which are you personally interested in, and when are you planning to pick one up? So, uh, I haven't pre-ordered anything. Churro, you said you, you pre-ordered the PS5? Yeah, I have the physical... Uh, version of the PS5 pre-ordered. Okay, great. So, I don't... uh, Currently, I'm in the phase of if I can get a pre-order for the PS5, I'll pre-order it. But if I don't get a pre-order for it, I don't feel like I'm in a, a super rush to buy it either. That being said... Churro, good gravy. The uh, the launch titles for the PS5, this is probably one of the best launches I've ever seen, like in terms of uh, games that are available at launch. I mean, I would say Nintendo Switch is probably, you know, up there in terms of the quality of the game, like Breath of the Wild, who can beat that? But in terms of quantity of having like a lot of really solid, really cool looking games, like right at launch and then also even just the first year, like in the first, so at launch, if I'm not mistaken, we got Miles Morales Spider-Man. Uh, if you get the ultimate edition of that, you get the uh, uh, a remaster of the original Spider-Man PS4, but for PS5 with special, you know, bells and whistles added on. Uh, there's the Demon Souls remake. There's, uh, I think that those are the at least the main ones that I'm seeing for the launch day. I know there was like that destruction type game. Forget what that was called. Destruction Derby or whatever. But then within the first year, we're talking Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. 
We're talking Horizon Forbidden West. We've got some big games coming out in the first year of PlayStation 5, so it could very well be reasonable to own one soon, or sooner rather than later, much more than PS4. Because when I think back to PS4, like, what was there? Like, there wasn't really much at launch. Killzone Shadowfall, and I didn't really enjoy that. Um, There was also, uh, within the first year, like, Dragon uh, Dragon Age Inquisition won Game of the Year in 2014. And I would argue, not because it was necessarily Game of the Year worthy, but more that that's really all there was. And it wasn't until 2015 when Witcher 3 finally came out that it was like, okay, now we've got like real games coming out for this platform. So, yeah, I I, I really wonder about, yeah, this stuff. So, at least for me, I, I definitely want a PS5. I will definitely get a PS5 before I ever think about getting an Xbox Series whatever. That being said, I'm not saying that because I think the Xbox Series X or S are bad platforms at all. No way. I'm not saying that at all. I think they're excellent platforms, specifically much more than the consoles. I think Xbox Game Pass is incredible and such an amazing deal. It's just that I happen to own an Xbox One X, much like you do now, Churro, And at least in my opinion, Xbox One X is going to be completely fine, at least for the next year to two years. And considering also, if you consider the fact that a lot of the games will be, you know, cross compatible, the only thing you, you know, the only thing will be different is if A, the game's, you know, an exclusive title, you know, for the console or a limited, you know, exclusive title for the console. But other than that, most of the time, both games are. The games will be coming out on you know either PS5 or Xbox Series X. Yeah. So more than likely, it's going to be you know if you have one, you're perfectly fine with that. Exactly. So it's I think Xbox I think Xbox One X at least for me for now and you you as well, Tro, you you've got that too. So I think we'll be fine with this these xbox consoles for what we want out of the xbox because what i want out of the xbox is i want a back compat machine that's what i want uh in terms of exclusives it's very rare that i want the xbox version uh but sometimes it is the case i could see me potentially getting another uh, getting a series whatever but much later down the line because I didn't get an Xbox One at launch. I got it once the Xbox One X came out, which was way more powerful than even the PS4 Pro. And I made sure to get that because I knew that one was going to get me the best third-party games for the time. And that that has been the case. I played Red Dead Redemption 2 in 4K. Like, that's that's pretty amazing to do on a console. So that's kind of how I see the Xboxes. Maybe I'll get the mid-generation refresh version, but I'm not I don't think I will get a, a Series X or a Series S. You know, I I I might get like a one later down the line, but I don't think I'll get one uh at launch. I don't, you know, I don't think so. The funny thing is that despite pre-ordering the PS5, I'm still kind of on the fence about it still cuz I don't know cuz <sighs> I mean, I'm not too... I mean, I'm thrilled for what the games are coming out in the future yeah. for PS5. Yeah, it's yeah. It's not right at launch. Yeah. I, I could see me liking those games, but I think one of the things that I'm not so thrilled about is a recent development mentioning that... Uh, did you know that uh, Miles Morales is also coming out on PS4? Did you know yep. it's also... Uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West is also coming out on PS4? Yeah, so basically that kind of eliminates the need. If you really need those games, it kind of eliminates the need for that. And then, yeah, so it's like... It's, and on top of, of that, like... people are just getting it just to have it, or people are yeah. buying it just to sell it. Yeah, and at least for me, I'm going to be buying a uh, a really big, crazy graphics card uh, soon. So PC gaming going to look pretty bright for me, even though it's not really my main reason for purchasing it. So I may not need a PS five this year or 
for a while. I'm not sure. I haven't decided. If I wanted to buy it, or if if I'm able to buy it, I'll definitely consider it, but I I don't see necessarily just yet a huge reason for it. But I'm I'm definitely open to be wrong. I'm definitely open to be shown something that'll change my mind, but so far haven't seen anything like that. So interesting, but thinking about it. And uh, last question comes from Usada Coco, and they ask, so Final Fantasy 16 was a f- was finally announced. What are your general impressions of it so far? It seems like they're finally going uh, full-on action with the battle system. Is that disappointing to you at all? No, I mean, that's basically the way the world is nowadays. Like, Yeah. I mean, depends on the developer. I mean, um... The only really games that were still turn-based, you know, were Persona 5, and Royal, and, you know, if you selected it in Dragon Quest Eleven, Yeah. You know, and they worked fairly well. They still got, you know, good, re- outstanding reviews, and, yeah. you know, but But you don't see, like, action. really, you don't see really big budget games going for yeah. turn-based. Yeah, everything wants action-based, everything wants, like, Kingdom Hearts-ish or Devil May Cry-ish type of battles. You know, but it's like, but what excites me is just that I love the like the medieval fantasy type of setting for Final Fantasy. To me, that's yeah. like Final Fantasy's like core right there. You know, you know, it's you know, so I'm happy that they're going back to that. Like, it reminds me so much of like Final Fantasy twelve tactics. You know, Final Fantasy nine, mm-hmm. and you know, especially Final Fantasy fourteen because. You know, Yoshida's working on the project as a producer, so, you know, it's kind of nice to see all that kind of get influenced into it. Yep. So, I'm very excited for it, and one of the things, I know, you know, some people were, were clamoring about how it didn't look as good, but it's like, it's only the first trailer, it's going to get better before the game's released. Yeah. So, but to me, you know, graphics aren't 100% everything. As you know, if you, if you if you if you play Final Fantasy fourteen, you'll see that that's the reason why it's it's hold up so well. And with Shadowbringers getting such a huge, huge praise for its story, mm-hmm. you know, and Will's the fans praising the story, you know, it just shows that as long as you give me a good story, you know, I'll be fine with it. Yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. Uh, to speak towards the battle system real quick, um, yeah, it, it it doesn't yeah it doesn't disappoint me. Um, I, I hope in the future that w- we could get a, a new Final Fantasy game that comes with a, a turn-based, uh, battle system. I'm not going to hold my breath for it, but I would like it. Um, but I'm actually glad that they're going full action because something that I wasn't as big a fan of in Final Fantasy 15 is I felt like they were kind of sort of trying to do both but not necessarily a hundred percent hitting it out of the park with either um i i still enjoyed the battle system well enough but i think you'll be better served by a battle system that just decides to do one thing or the other and then sticks with it real hardcore and just makes that as good as it can be and uh yeah speaking of devil may cry this is definitely very devil may cry they actually hired a guy from the Devil May Cry series to help work on it, and it really looks like it, so... Uh, yeah, I just wish that we could see more of the battle system. To me, I felt the battle yeah. system looked a little clunky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you just need to see more of it. That's true. I think, yeah, just in general, uh, and also talking about what you were mentioning about before with people uh, worried about the uh, the the visuals of it. You know, any clunkiness that you're seeing now in the visuals or the battle system, this is all stuff that can change. This is all stuff that can be improved. Like, go to the very first real-time trailer of Final Fantasy VII Remake and compare it to the final release version, and you'll see how different a game can look. Um, I think what a lot of people don't appreciate you know, with video games, because especially with video game development, because it's such a black box for people like, 
you know, it's it's magic, it's wizardry, like what game development is. Like, I, I don't think most people have even seen what a 3D modeling software actually looks like. But uh, what they may not appreciate about it is that it's not just the technology that is the thing that causes your video games to look a certain level of beautiful. Uh, much more than the tech, much more than the tools involved is the time, the blood, the sweat, and the tears of the developers that are tasked with creating these games. It's the people that spend these thousands and thousands of hours, these thousands and thousands of man hours developing these things it's more that than anything and if anything is lacking so far it would just be time in my opinion it's just time with time it'll become more polished it'll be much more polished than you're seeing now you know i don't think in any way you'll expect it to be downgraded but uh if anything it's only going to look better because with time comes polish Everything can look better with time. It's just a matter of Square Enix uh, allowing their uh, creative business division three the time that is necessary to polish it to whatever standard they want. That being said, I think there is value in going for a lower, uh, a, a lower, uh, a, or there is value in going for a less ambitious art style. And the yeah. value is that you're not spending these ungodly amount of hours making one asset. Instead, you'll spend less time making uh, many assets. And the value of that could be uh, could go in two different directions. One possibility is that the game could come out faster. The other possibility is that the game could come out at the same amount of time, but there'll be a lot more content. Uh, Churro, you mentioned you're uh, playing Dragon Quest XI. That is a game that has absolutely benefited from that specifically. Dragon Quest XI, using Unreal Engine 4, looks great, by the way. Still looks good. Very stylized and very clearly has a lower visual standard than, let's say, uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is also running on Unreal Engine 4. But what Dragon Quest XI has that Seven Remake doesn't have is a 80 plus hour campaign an 80 plus hour story that is basically like constantly shoving new content in your face new characters new assets new areas new this new that it's just non-stop for hours and hours with very little filler but a lot of killer Dragon Quest XI shows that if you lower the visual standard just a little bit, you can make, you can still make, even in this day and age, you can make games with a ton of content. Dragon Quest XI proves that. And I think that could potentially be what Creative Business Division 3 is aiming for. That might be what they're aiming for is tone down the uh visual standards but tone up the amount of content we can put in the game that could be a potential thing or it could be a time related thing we'll have to see in the future which way they decide to go but i think both of those are an option so that uh that wraps up our questions for this episode our music for this episode is a piano cover of terrace theme which if i'm not mistaken this might be the very first time we've ever had a cover of terrace theme on this show at all so hey i'm glad glad we finally got it uh so the arranger for this one is pina coco on uh on youtube so that's pina is in like pineapple p-i-n-a-c-o-c-o pina coco on youtube check them out they've got lots of piano stuff on there our next episode of kingdom hearts union is scheduled for the 6th of october sure this year is just going by too fast slow it down all right we're almost there can't handle it we're almost in 2021 
Actually, if anything, it might be better. 2020 has been kind of a, 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 a bad year for a lot of things. So maybe it's better we just move on already. So, yeah, and as always, if you guys like the show, please consider subscribing to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes Store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts, and we're number one! Yeah, yeah. And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, Spotify, or... Kingdom Hearts Union's Twitter, which is at KHUnion. And remember, you can support us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you want to have your questions answered on the show... Please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Churro, we did it. We made we it did to the it. end. And that was a fun-filled show. We even, we even had news, so... We even had news even though we were late. Yeah, I But will... it's not our fault. It's not. But it's going to be another... Or it's going to happen again this yes, week. Yes, it's going to happen again. With so, TGS occurring, I think it was the 25th, which is Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so just as a reminder to everybody, we mentioned it before, but just to, as a preemptive warning, TGS is coming up at the end of the week. We're sorry we can't cover it in this episode. Uh, please enjoy it for the next episode when we talk about whatever came out uh, after that. Featuring the, very, the voice of the heavens, Nomura. Yeah, featuring voice of the heavens, Nomura. You know, at the very least, Churro... You know, sometimes, you know, after Tokyo Game Shows, there can be, like, little magazine interviews after the fact that, like, take a while to come out. You know, uh-huh. maybe there's a blessing in disguise here where, like, maybe one of those magazines will come out and then we'll get to cover that, too, on the episode. Yeah. Gotta think positive. Oh, yeah, of course. So, anyway. Churro, say goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining. And uh, we'll see you next time. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production. Mm-hmm.